You're listening to Cards to the Moon, a podcast about trading cards from both a collector and investor perspective. We hope you'll stick around for the ride as we take a deep dive into the state of the hobby, share some hot takes, hopefully some useful advice and fun stories along the way. All right, we're back for another episode of Cards to the Moon. I'm Clark from Five Card Guys on Instagram. And co-hosting with me, as always, is Hyung from Integrity Sports Cards and John, who is Trade You at Recess. Okay, so off the top, I think we need to be accountable for some of our opinions we made last episode. And one of them was (laughs) what we thought the Upper Deck Radiance Triple On-Card Auto of Kobe, MJ, and LeBron graded BGS 8.5 and numbered to 5, was going to sell for in the PWCC auction that recently closed, I believe, on Sunday. So at the time of our recording, if you guys remember last week, bidding was at around 160k, and we guessed it would close anywhere from 400,000 to half a million. Well, we were way, way off. Um, It actually closed at 216,000. So... What are we saying here? You know, are are we saying we suck at guessing high end card values, or, or I think, I no, think I, it's kind of impossible to be honest <laughs> nowadays. Like you know, any card could go, you know, so so high, right? But then you just rip. Yeah. yeah, you just don't know. And we're talking so casually, like you know, oh, two hundred, <laughs> only two hundred and sixteen thousand dollars, right? So yeah. I, I mean, it, it's tough when you get into that level because we don't know, we don't know, you know, the dynamics or anything revolving around you know who's the buyer and you know and all that and the timing of the market too right so it's always tough even to you know speculate i mean it's fun at the end of the day we're way off but um i mean it's still a healthy sale if you think about it i I guarantee you that's still a probably a record record sale for that card it has to be i believe it was yeah yeah I believe no, John said a million. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I know. Thanks for keeping me accountable. That uh, two sixteen sale just proves I know absolutely nothing about cards. So don't listen to anything I say. <laughs> no, that's not fair. Yeah, you're right, Young. Like at that level, like there's so few comps, right, to go by. So we're kind of guessing, and and you're right. It could be the timing of the auction too. Like maybe it was just just wasn't a good time for the sale. But but you're right. It was. Two, it two, was a good. It, it was, it was a nice card though. I would I, I would say that if Beauty. like looking at it from like a 216k, I would say based on previous sales that we've seen, I think that would that would have been somewhat of a deal. As crazy as that <laughs> yeah, sounds, right? I, yeah. If <clears throat> when we're talking all time Grail cards, and some cards are selling for three, four, five, a million bucks, that seems. You just have to erase three zeros. So think, you get it's like a four four thousand dollar card, and you got it for two thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a deal. Steal. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like I put that poll up um, this past week. You know, comparing the triple auto of that card versus the triple logo man that we also talked about last week of Steph Curry, Giannis, and KD, the Panini Flawless Triple Logo Man. And in that poll, it wasn't even close. Like, I think by the time the poll ended, almost 500 people voted and it was 75% would rather have the autograph card, the triple auto. But I still can't shake off that feeling that the triple logo man is going to sell for way more than 260. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's all the broke people that want the autos. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no, I think think there's there's a lot more... um, I guess from a logical perspective, when people think, okay, investment, you know, mm-hmm. they, they see the autos and they're like, you know what, that's logically, it makes sense. Right. right but I, right. I don't know about like the triple logo men. Like I, I don't, th- to the logic, I think a lot of people are like scratching their heads, kind of saying, well, you're not really getting an auto. You're not getting anything that's like personal from them. Right. Whereas mm-hmm. from a collection standpoint, you got the autographs. Right. So that was at least my justification on why I would choose the auto over the logo men. But yeah. you know what? Like I like we always say, the market will will dictate for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I also wanted to quickly address the Drake story again about his foray into the sports card world. He's been ripping cases of Panini Flawless Basketball 
looking for that LeBron triple logo man card. But instead, he got another huge hit, which was a Jamarant one-of-one auto patch card. John, you brought up an interesting point off air. Does the fact that Drake pulled this one-of-one card make this Jamarant card worth more than it already would be? You know, like as more celebs get in on the game and do live breaks, does that inflate the price just because a celebrity pulled it? What do you guys think? I think, you know what? I It was a question I had for you guys, and I'm starting to believe, you know, in the short run, maybe not the long run of this year's Flawless, but I'm, I'm sure it has an influence because we're seeing the prices of boxes of Flawless skyrocket, right? And mm. I'm sure, you know, if I don't really think there are people out there calculating the number of boxes that are floating around and seeing them being ripped. So they're calculating, okay, there's less and less supply. So obviously the prices are going up. I think it has a lot more to do with the marketing side of it and seeing Drake and Shine 150 and Ken Golden ripping live on air for an hour. That has a huge influence and everybody wants to kind of get on the action. So um, I don't know. For me, if you were to see, especially that one clip of Drake pulling the jaw one of one, that would probably become a pretty popular meme or a pretty popular inter- internet clip within the sports card world. And that would mean most people would recognize that jaw one of one, which would mm-hmm. mean if one of th- us three had it, you know, damn sure we're going to be saying this was the one that Drake pulled, <laughs> right. right? So I think it for sure it will have an influence on the that'll, price. That'll be on my eBay listing if I sold the card. Yeah. <laughs> well, the question is, will the NFT be worth more? Meaning the, what was the Jeff Wilson's uh, uh, moments? Right, or <laughs> hints. Oh, right. having, having that as an NFT of Drake right. pulling that one of one, right? So, mm. um, but yeah, I, I think I think whoever, you know, I think there's extreme value actually. If it's a one of one and Drake's the one who pulled it, how are you going right. to get it? Is he going to is he even selling it? Right. right? Exactly. So it, I I don't mm. know. It could be one of those legend cards, you know, that end up having extreme value just because of uh of the status of Drake, right? But um, I I guess a lot of people would assume that, and I I would say it's like fifty fifty. I could see people saying, oh, there's it's pointless. It's not worth anything, but I could see people also saying, hey, this was the card that was pulled by Drake, so it fetches a premium, right? So I wouldn't pay a premium, to be honest. I love Drake. He's he's a Toronto boy, but yeah, I don't don't think it would fetch a premium in my opinion. Yeah. I think um, in terms of the boxes, the price of boxes going up, like at that point, like who who can afford those boxes, right? It's it's people with deep pockets, and right. when you have that much money, right. it doesn't really matter. Like, okay, that's what the price is. I'm gonna buy it anyways. And I think you that's know? that's uh, a lot of the people's complaints with celebrities coming into the in, into the sure. space. You know, we talk about all the positives in terms of the attention it gets and the marketing uh, for the hobby, but I think um, a lot of people get a little bitter <laughs> because it, it drives obviously the cost of the box is up um, and you know, they're, they're ripping, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth right. of product. And, you know, for, for most of us, hundreds of thousands of dollars is a lot of money. So, you know, it's unrealistic when we see it, there's a bit of bitterness and kind of like uh, negativity that goes that way. So I could see, I guess people not being happy about the whole Drake thing. Sure. And uh, even just celebrities in general or influencers in general, that's what that's what I'm kind of seeing is the the hate for influencers uh, in the hobby are it's it's kind of like you could see there's a divide uh, yeah. with, I guess, the hobbyists and I guess the investor. Right. So mm-hmm. and then there's a bridge between the two that like kind of like believe in kind of like both of them, <laughs> I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a legit point for sure. Pros and cons. Right. You know, it's, it's so funny. There's so many levels to um, the demographics of collectors and in each stage, what they complain about the new demographics coming in. And what I mean by that is the other day I was at a local card shop and uh, this old guy came in, old school collector. We're talking like 65 years old. And he came in to just buy um, like a cardboard box to put like he was going to rip some wax and put it into a cardboard box. He's like, can I get a cardboard box, please? 
And the guy's like, yeah, it's uh, $2.50. And he's like, what? $2.50? That's insane. He's like, this this sports card, like, this is nonsense now. Like, I can't. I can't deal with this, you know. Like yeah. it was one seventy five before. Now it's two. It's like we're talking seventy five cents. <laughs> but he is just like, I think he spent fifteen twenty minutes just going off on the yeah. poor workers, saying like, "This is ridiculous. It's changed so much." So it's kind. Of, it's kind of interesting to view like the really yeah. really old school, and then there's us who are also a little bit of an older demographic, and then all the newer guys. And every stage, there's something to complain about. There's always going to be that. The Scrooges that say, no, this new stuff, these NFTs are ruining the game or whatever, right? Right. So. <laughs> that, no, I, I, I always see that because I always read through comments on, you know, to see where everybody's perspective is at. And there's there's a lot of people that, I guess, are against the, the whole technology and the true hobbyists, uh, they, they miss the hobby, I guess, what it used to be, right? So hmm. I know there's that battle, but like I'm saying, you like everything evolves and yeah, including sure. including the card market and you know we could complain about all these issues all we want but who's essentially the one doing anything to change that right so it's like if we're not the first one to volunteer to you know change the way it is then you know mm-hmm. your opinion really doesn't matter right at the end of the day so i i and i hope that you know people like that take that more seriously because i feel like we could better the hobby there's so much talent within the hobby you know even like people like drake it's like if if you open up you know um the resources and the 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 minds and the people uh that you know um are essentially smart in in this world right um i believe the market will be better right and even though there's going to be growing pains with with all of this with with the hatred of like drake and all these influencers you know kind of i guess getting into the hobby i think it's it's overall it's needed um and change is always good even though it might not be favorable to us the hobbyists i think we have to open up open it with open arms and also um input as well you know if, mm. if there's something that we don't like about about the hobby then start a business start start an app that solves that problem instead of being the first one to always you know complain about that issue right of course there's going right. to be issues right but we need the people right to stand up and kind of do something about it if they're gonna you know only just complain right that's that's my two cents on just general and because i see a lot of influencers and people like jeff wilson gary v they get they get hit pretty hard, you know, and mm. rightfully so. It comes with the territory with kind of like their audience. But at the end of the day, you know, they're the ones who are taking the chances to see what, you know, what the potential is. And we need more of that. And I and that's what I welcome, whether it's a bust or not. If everybody does their own due diligence and research, I believe you'll make your smart investments. Right. And as mm-hmm. we do that as individuals, the hobby will get better. Yeah, well said, well yeah. said. And uh, speaking of the hobby evolving and speaking of Gary Vee, one of the influencers, uh, last thing I really wanted to touch upon before we go on to our next segment is the Zero Cool inaugural release of Friends trading cards. And if you haven't seen the secondary sales on eBay lately, it's through the roof, right? Yeah. Like these cards are going for thousands of dollars. There are only 800 boxes released um, to the public. So there's a, definitely a short supply um, or limited supply. Um, so that's part of it. But um, yeah, what do you guys think of V Friends? Oh man, I don't. Okay, like yeah, no filter here. So um, <laughs> I, I and I'm just saying this. I'm just saying this from like what I what I see. Obviously, for me, you know my take. You know, I'm. You know what? I have my own opinions about it. It might be different <laughs> than other people. Majority, because I I find like because SGC just posted their first graded V Friend cards. Yeah, right. I and if you that. look at the comments absolutely just got gets trashed (laughs) just like nonstop and this this is part of what i was talking about right it was like it it got trashed yeah like they i don't see the i guess i wouldn't buy it Mm -hmm. and i think the big issue uh, a lot of people had was like the secondary ebay sales for instance like we talk about shill bidding on last episode or a couple episodes ago like these are the perfect candidates for shill bids and you you kind of see it happening uh on it so it leaves a bad taste and it goes back to kind of like 
Gary V is pumping and dumping or Gary V has the audience to just kind of like sell to these guys and make money and and just uh, get bag holders, for instance. Right. So and rightfully so, that's that's all valid points. But for me, it's like that's, an, again, an eBay thing that eBay needs to address and mm. stay on top of. Like it's not the, the 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 founders of these new companies that are trying new things and seeing where this technology goes. Right. So um, I see a lot of hatred again. Um, and I get it. I wouldn't buy it either, but there's, I, I guarantee you not the non hobbyists. There's going to be some hobbyists that, that buy into it and they see it, but we're talking new investors that are coming into this territory that have deep, deep pockets that understand kind of like markets, any market, whether it's crypto, whether it's cards, any new market, you're going to see a spike in initial IPOs. And after that, it's a either you know, a long trend, uh, bullish or, or down. Right. So at the end of the day, yeah, that's, that's my two cents on it. I, I just seen the, you know, SGC released the first graded V cards. So I, I think it got really, really bad reviews from the hobby perspective. And that's kind of why I brought it all up, uh, earlier, uh, mm-hmm. you know, kind of saying, well, here's both perspectives. I see from the hobbyist perspective of why they don't like it. But at the end of the day, complaining is really not going to do anything. If you hate eBay because of shilling, then create a platform that doesn't do that, right? Or do something that will better the hobby, right? So that was my point. I think um, a lot of people have opinions on it, but the market again speaks, but uh, there's issues like shilling that really cause, um, I guess, people to be hesitant, Right. So, right. Yeah. Just some of those cards, though, I think on Car Ladder, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago um, that they start to verify those sales. So, definitely mm-hmm. some of those V Friends cards are verified sales. Oh, nice. Just wanted yeah. to point that out. So, sure. despite. Yeah. Despite it being thousands of dollars, some of those are definitely very Yeah, yeah. And and that's what that that those are the technologies that we need to kind of like sure, better yeah, it, yeah. right? So I think I I was just reading it from like a like the hobbyist the right, the, right. the salty hobbyist perspective. The the yeah. hobbyist that absolutely cannot, you know, go on with life because of this release. <laughs> <laughs> but a verified sale could also be like a a sucker that fell for the shill, bit, shill bidding, right? Could, uh, could like, be. You know, but, he, th- there's a couple of right. sales that went up and they're 1500 bucks. They could be fake sales. And then the third guy in is like, hey, man, 1300 bucks. I'm down for that. And then boom, that's a verified sale, right? So yeah. all speculation. Totally. <laughs> I know. <laughs> man, V Friends is, is a tough one. We, I mean, we just talked about how. There's levels of complaints and right. when things change, this is like a prime, prime example. Like for myself, I'm, I'm more of an old school sports card collector. So when you see something like VFriends, this is not sports card collecting. So it like immediately the look of the card has nothing to do with like a sports athlete. It looks like nonsense. Like even the designs and the little, um, the pictures that are made by Gary Vee, like to me, it, it's not appealing at all, but that's completely fine. And it, it, this one really, I battle with it because obviously there's these like, you know, there's these takes on the shilling and prices and it's all overhyped. But at the same time, Gary V is very much a gigantic influencer, right? This guy influences not only, um, you know, people all over the world, he influences athletes, celebrities. And when you have his product at 800 boxes, that's nothing. Like yeah. I could totally see these prices being you know i'm sure there is some shilling but at the same time 800 boxes is nothing and all of these buyers like hyung said these these are all probably not even sports card collectors these are all nft new age investors that are buying these boxes that know gary b from outside of the sports card world right so i think the sports card people like the three of us and a lot of the folks that are making comments, they're getting confused. They're like, why would sports card people be like buying this nonsense? Look at these cards. They're garbage. They look, this is ridiculous, right? But you have to remember, it, it might be none of us that are buying this. It could be somebody, whole bunch of people from the from the outside, right? So this one, I, I you know, when pe- if someone were to ask me, hey, is VFriends, is it overhyped? Is this the floor? Are we missing on the boat? Like, is this a good investment? Man, I don't. I don't know. I don't know the answer on this one. I, I can't. It's really, really tough to say. Yeah. I mean, it's so early with um, these kind of new, newer 
different kind of cards being released. And, you know, like we were saying, like things are evolving and we're learning the pros and cons of, of these, you know, new products. And like a case in point, the one thing I didn't like about this release by Zero Cool is that one buyer can buy up to 40 or bid up to 40 boxes. And I think there were two buyers that maxed out and got 40 boxes of them because they right. were willing to pay 2150 per. That's 5%, right? I guess if, if my... If, yeah, right? so 40 right, right. of the entire 40. stock. That, that's 5% of, of all supply, which is crazy. That's right. crazy. And, and two buyers did that. So that's 10% gone right there, right? Yeah. So, um, so, you know, like maybe the next time I think, and I'm not the only one complaining about that, and, you know, I'm, I wasn't willing to pay 2000 for a box, but uh, just to make it a little bit more fair, I think the suggestion is that, you know, you cap it, right, to five, not right. not for 40 to get the whales out of there, right? So, so that's one suggestion. But I think moving forward, there's going to be a hybrid collector. And I, I would count myself as part of it. Like, I am definitely, first and foremost, a sports card collector. That's my first love. But I do also have... Uh, v friend series one nft right you would. And that's been sorry you would <laughs> <laughs> hey it's not in a bad way li- hey not in a bad way <laughs> yeah, yeah. i just say you would <laughs> we can we can harp on clark all we want he's he's laughing to the bank so yeah <laughs> it's, it's been a lucrative investment for me yes but um but no there's like um uh hybrid collectors where we'd like to collect both things you know and i think moving forward too it's not just like black and white like i'm right. a sports car collector you're a non-sports car collector no it's mm-hmm. why does it have to be that way yeah, yeah. no right? i agree I, I agree and that's where it's going and we talked about this previously how crypto is going to play in with cards right and that's why right. we just we, we won't know because it's it's it, this is what we're seeing it's going to be a hybrid of of sure. things sports cards collecting nft technology we don't know right yeah so all of it and we, you know actually one of the buyers that got all 40 i believe was backyard breaks they they had that controversy okay. with the the yeah, gold yeah, kaboom yeah, that's right. of uh, yeah. Trevor Lawrence. Oh, um, so they're so they're I believe one of the ones that bought all the maxed out with the forty, and you know they're known for breaking sports cards, but they're also obviously breaking these V friends training card sets. So you're already seeing a mix in terms of like what breakers are doing too. It's not just exclusively sports cards. Right. It's um it's also these non sports card products. So. Yeah, evolution. It's inevitable. And I think the sooner we just kind of embrace it and try to make it better, I think it's better for the hobby in general. I will say before, like, I know we it wasn't like a, a positive talk about Zero Cool, but like for me, I always appreciate what Gary Vee's doing regardless. Even Jeff Wilson, all these guys that are that that do stuff for the hobby. You know, we need people like that. Like I said in previous episodes, you know, um, I'm an entrepreneur myself. I believe in uh, people that create. Right. So um, anybody that is taking, you know, that risk and and doing it, um, I, I commend them because it's it's not easy to do. And at the at the end of it, every entrepreneur knows that, you know, Jeff Wilson, all these guys, they're doing it because there's a reason to do it because there's a need for it. And that's that's what gets us better. Right. And that's why I like I. I know Zero Cool was, you know, Gary Vee's thing. I'm a, I'm a Gary Vee fan. It's actually, it's actually Josh Luber's Oh, thing. Josh Luber. Uh, sorry. Yeah. I, I was talking about Fanatics, the, yeah. The, the, yeah. The um, V-Friends product itself. V-Friends product. Yeah. Exactly. Right. We, we, we kind of, um, I guess, uh, gave our opinions on it. And yeah. but I, I will say, like I said, you know, I, I respect uh, all, all of them, the people that, you know, are uh, putting all the time and effort and you know collecting all these resources to pull stuff like this off because it's not easy at the end of the day mm, and it's easy sure. to cris- criticize it so uh yeah. by no means you know am i sitting in in the stands and just you know pointing fingers just want to make that clear yeah no agreed all right yeah good discussion there um yeah the, i think uh our off the top was probably longer than we wanted to run but uh, that's okay i thought we got some good points in there but um yeah let's move on now then to hobby headlines so i'm sure many of our listeners who are hobbyists and sports card collectors are also into fantasy sports and with the baseball season about to start those who are into fantasy baseball are prepping for their drafts and researching who are the sleepers they can target this season so i wanted to apply that generally speaking to sports cards so do you guys have any sleeper picks 
like sports cards of players you feel are undervalued for whatever reason and that they might be good to target right now. And it doesn't have to be just baseball. It can be for any sport. So maybe for this segment, we can name two or three specific or general um, sports cards or players that we personally like. And, and then we can see if the rest of us agree or disagree. All right. So hmm. who wants to go first? Honestly, I, for, for me, uh, I always told myself never use fantasy logic to invest. Because okay. <laughs> it, it, it it never went hand in hand, but people did use fantasy logic, mm. which which when I say fantasy logic, I mean day to day results. Because for me, sports card investing is about investing in someone's career or their upside. And some people, they invest in a shorter time period, right? So it all depends on, I guess, where you're looking at it from, because if you're just out there to flip your periods are going to be very short right that's fair so right. f- so for me it, it, it was always in terms of sleepers it's always the the goats or the the potential goat type players that you know haven't changed since when i got in the game in 2019 like or 2018 2019 when it was like the acunias the vlads you know the tatis of of the world the sotos i'm still on them because i believe in their career it never changed. And as okay. they play every year, I'm, I get more excited because they're just adding to their resume of, of the, the so-called career that I projected in the first place. Right. So for me, yeah. I guess, uh, from a sleeper perspective, I wouldn't say player, but I'm going to go sleeper pers- perspective as in sets. Like we talked about, like Bowman's best, the tops finest, SGC tens. PSA 9, BGS 9 5s. To me, those are all sleeper picks of those players that I mentioned the Sotos, the, the Tatis, the Vlads, you know, even the Wanders. If, like, I know prices are extremely high right now for Wander, but there's going to be a point in time where, you know what, some cards are just cheap, right? And I think it's just a matter of monitoring, I guess, um, you know, uh, prices from a maybe day to day if you're flipping, week to week month to month year to year if you're in from a long-term perspective right so for me like sleeper picks um i always go with the goats uh i think guys like tiger woods for instance are extremely extremely cheap uh right now obviously the non-autos and and stuff like that the grail cards of tiger uh but yeah i I just think there's a lot of opportunity and sleeper picks in 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 that as well so yeah for me majority of the side is the values in the I guess in the SEC 10s and the PSA 9s and BGS 9.5s of the GOAT players. Okay, yeah, I like that perspective. Definitely taking the long-term view there. So that's fair for sure. Yeah. Um, John, you got anything yeah. to add? Yeah, my sleeper pick is uh, our boy Keston here at... No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> that's very short-term. Know, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know what? You know, with the market, like... I'm going to I'm going to kind of play off of what Hyung was saying. With the market kind of correcting itself right now or has been correcting itself for the past 12 months, um it's really uh I don't know, risky or not risky to go for players outside of the ones that are traded on a day-to-day basis like the quote unquote liquid players, Soto Acuña, you know, Luca, etc., 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 right? Um but if you are going for sleeper picks, um it you know, I I don't have any many in particular, but you know this is gonna sound very Homer, but to me when I when I've been looking at the past two years and trying to study what moves cards, um, team success for team sports has a bit is a big deal in in a lot of cards, right? And like I say, I was saying it sounds Homer of me to say this, but the Blue Jays have done a lot. To, to kind of load up here. It looks like they're really going all in, right? So I think if you just look at teams that you think are going to be contenders in any sport, okay, I think these four are going to be contenders. In baseball, these four are going to be contenders. In basketball, look at the players within those contenders and then see which ones are the low-hanging fruits that are super cheap, right? So for Blue Jays, you know, obviously Vladdy is the, the king right now in the investment world, but, you know, He's not really a sleeper because he gets talked about a lot. But in terms of pricing, I think Bobochet is definitely a sleeper that may be, he may be a high-end player that's on a team that could be a contender, right? So even if you wanted to take a risk, like, you know, if he can stay healthy, George Springer, you know? Sure. 
you know, we're, we're not, I mean, we're, talk, we're not talking big dollars, but when you're talking a $40 rookie card can go to a hundred dollars. Like I could see that happening if he stays healthy, right? He can, he can totally have like a quasi MVP season. So um, that's probably, uh, you know, the type of strategy I would try to take in finding mm-hmm. sleepers. Now, are there like true sleeper sleepers? Maybe, you know, somebody like Cedric Mullins could be like a, when you talk <laughs> about like sleeper sleeper, that could be like a sleeper. And then in, in, in cards in general, I think, you know, cards that people should be jumping on with like the basketball market being so low. I think Luka and, and Nikola Jokic, oh my gosh, I, I think those guys mm-hmm. should be nonstop buys right now, in my opinion. Yeah. No, I didn't think the discussion would go this way, but uh, I like it. I like that we're, you know, talking about ideas on like how to identify certain sleepers with different timelines. You know, that's a good point to bring out as well. Um, Yeah, for me, I had a few in mind, but in the context of what we're talking about generally, like I like your point, John, that you just mentioned about picking guys on successful teams. And I'll take it a step further, picking guys on big market teams. That's always a, usually a good play. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like Arizona Diamondbacks, probably, you know, the best player on that team is probably going to have a limited value. But if you look at the Dodgers, the Red Sox, the Yankees, you know, um, uh, the, the top two, three guys on those teams, um, they might have, you know, the potential to pop. So another thing is like, yeah, I, I, I didn't mean for the fantasy kind of uh, comparison to kind of, be uh, the way we think about sleepers in the context of sports cards. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, but I do look at fantasy rankings, to tell you the truth, just mm-hmm. to see like which guys have hype. You know, like usually the top yeah. five guys For are sure. like, okay, these guys are like, whether it's fantasy or not, it's hype. Like if you look at the top five now, it's like Juan Soto, Tatis, Acuna, all the guys we're talking about anyways. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> they're also going to be in the top ranking of right. uh, fantasy sports. Right. Um but that's that said, there's one guy that's in the top five that I don't hear anyone talking about. So this is one of my sleeper picks. Um, I think like a composite projection of 2022. Let's see if you can guess. Um, he's expected to hit 26, 27 homers, over 100 runs, 87 RBIs. This might be the giveaway. 30 plus stolen bases and 305 batting average. That's a five tool player. Who is that? Who has 30 bags? I don't know. Not too many. That'll be the giveaway. 30 bags. <laughs> Are we in the American is, is League National runner? League? What did you say? American Trey League Turner? Or... Oh, Trey, Trey Turner. Trey Turner. Okay. Yeah, it's Trey yeah, Turner. Yeah, yeah. I go. mean, we're talking about the Jays, but the Dodgers are stacked, right? Yeah, <laughs> this coming Smith, year. Trey Turner. And um, That's Mookie true. Betts leading Freeman. off, most likely. Yeah, the addition of Freeman. stacked. Oh, my gosh. So... Especially if you Bellinger know, can pick it back up again. Holy cow. Yeah, I think Bellinger is projected to be the seventh batter on the, in that lineup. Right. You know what? That's interesting so is, to say that, Clark, Is our though. boy Gavin Lux a sleeper? <laughs> well, he's got to play. He's got to find, him, find himself in the lineup. I know. I know. Sorry, you know what? go ahead. I was saying Trey Turner is interesting because he, he's a guy like kind of like a Brandon Lowe to me where, mm. you know, what do they have to do to get hobby love? It's one of those things, and I just see sure. Trey Turner's price. And you're absolutely right. Like for for what he's worth, he should be his card value should be way higher than it is. Right? Yeah, I, I I agree. But that's that's the question: is will the market ever catch up to you know that reality? Right. I guess that's that is the million dollar question. Like to see if that will ever happen, and or when that will happen. But yeah, if you look at right. Trey Turner's first Bowman Chrome BGS nine five. It's going for three hundred dollars for a stud player like that. Right. Compared to like the other guys in the top five of fantasy rankings, Acuna, Soto, we know how much those cards go for. So then it's not even close to that ballpark. And you know, you could look at his tops chrome, like his color refractor blue is going for five fifty BGS nine point five. So like, I buy Trey Turner almost every season, like at the beginning, and I always flip at the end, and I two <laughs> X it every year. So you know, last couple of years ago, I bought it for sixty bucks, his first Bowman, and I sold it for one fifty, and now it's at three hundred. Like it, it's steadily going up, but I, I, I want to see that three four X return at some point because his stats will show that he's he's very consistent, you know, and right, one of the right. few guys to have high average, high stolen bases, and almost thirty homers. 
Man, I feel that's a good I, I feel like it's like uh, the way the market is is obviously you know the the rookie is the chase right so prices are way inflated rookie year it bleeds For into sure. the second year is the player gonna do well if he does well this guy's the superstar his prices go <laughs> right. up and then third fourth year yeah he's you know what he hits thirty steals thirty he's supposed to do that prices kind of <laughs> dip right, right? Sure. kind of like yep. what we're seeing with Trey Young uh, yep. and then. Um, towards the end of if they make it through that like eight eight nine year career and now they're chasing okay this guy's been doing this for nine ten years this is where it kind of goes through that second hump and that lull of eight year period of I guess that's where Raphael Devers and you know all these other you know superstars even Bryce Harper for instance I think he's gonna have a uh, mm. a time where his prices are just going to explode and correct itself at the end that's of the day. That's a good sleeper. That's a good yeah, sleeper. Yeah, that's a great like sleeper. It. But Rice Harper, I think he gets no hobby love, right? So it's like, yeah, right. that's why it's, um, there's a lot of opportunity everywhere. That's why I like love the sports card industry. Honestly, we talk about the Sotos, Acunias, Tatises always, right? And I only talk about that because the liquidity, like John mm-hmm. said, uh, that's imp- very, very important to me. And um, you know, you could always move your money, right? So, um, but you're right. There's so much opportunity in guys like Trey Turner, Bryce Harper, long term. Where, you yeah. know what? You're not worried about everyday prices because you believe that they're going to be Hall of Famers at the end of the day. Like Raphael Devers, like he's so good, and his mm-hmm. his, his prices get n- absolutely no love, right? So, um, yeah. So there, these these guys are all I I, I believe good buys in the long term the question is you know we get so caught up again with the the everyday flips is yeah day trading man get out of the yeah. day trading you <laughs> right, know? Right. Uh, yeah i was gonna say after after you mentioned all that uh, i guess i'm looking at the long term too with some of these cards but i think like um another good thing to think about is like as we believe the hobby is going to grow you know it's 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 a good thing for for all of us who are in the game right now because you know it's not all going to be day trader types. There's going to be legit sports fans that become sports card collectors. And they'll be the ones also like rooting on their favorite player or their favorite team. Right. Right. And there'll be a market for those players like Trey Turner, hopefully um, down the line, Bryce Harper and uh, Raphael Devers is another good pick. So, so yeah, you know, like in basketball, I had one actually that kind of fits in those lines. He's not like the new um, shiny rookie anymore. But um, Donovan Mitchell, I think we talked about it like in for sure. one of our That's earlier episodes, right? Yeah. Like um, stud for Utah Jazz. And I only bring him up now because there's like, it's it's just pure rumor, but there's talks about him potentially joining the New York Knicks next season and making, maybe working out a trade. Um, there's but... always a rumor about the New York <laughs> right. Knicks. The poor New York fans, man. Yeah. I, I I get it. I get the Knicks are just uh, wretched. But I mean, like, if he had a, if, you know, if Mitchell went to the Knicks and, um, you know, they just kind of revamped their team a little bit. Uh, I guess the general point I wanted to bring out, too, is like, um, you know, looking for uh, players where you hear the news of them going to better teams from like a small market team or a mediocre team. And that might, if you do your homework and, you know, you kind of anticipate some of those moves, that's another way to find good sleepers so you know i, I looked at donovan mitchell's uh 2017 silver prison psa 10 cards 600 dollars. that's like, crazy and a yeah. pop of like under 600 and, I, and think. I, I think that's what everybody like or at least i encourage and everybody should do is look at the like draw parallels extrapolate yeah. some data you know take a look at like john morant silver prism you know psa hmm. 10 two thousand dollars <laughs> right. donovan mitchell six hundred dollars one is high, one is low, or yeah, in between, somewhere in between there, right? So that's always a good way, or at least how I started when I collected cards, uh, especially the higher end stuff. I'm like, okay, where's like Mike Trout's Bowman Chrome? Why is Bowman Chrome so expensive? Okay, mm. Bowman First Chrome is is the Grail cards. You know, it's like okay, color Bowman Chrome now. Like you know what I mean? You draw parallels and say, okay, this is way too overpriced. Maybe it's a good time to sell. Because I don't see, you know, um, the price is sustaining itself, mm-hmm. right? Because you look at, you know, f- other cards that are, you know, similar players that are three, four years down the road, right? You should be able to extrapolate that and kind of draw parallels of what's inflated and what's not, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. 
I kind of like how this segment went better just because it's like we're talking generally, but uh, it forces all our listeners to kind of essentially do their own research on their players, um, you know, uh, instead of us telling like, here, go target these guys if you yeah. believe us. Do so, not take any advice from us. We're just, <laughs> yeah. we're just talking just on a Wednesday. Out. On a Wednesday, it's a Wednesday <laughs> night, I guess. And, you know, we had a long day of work and we're just, you know, talking sports cards like uh, like yeah. just boys, right? So, yeah. <laughs> Our advice is to take the opposite picks of yeah, what exactly. we're talking about. <laughs> you probably get be be right about fifty percent of the time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, before we go on into our next segment, let me quickly ask you guys. Then, conversely, I don't know if you have any in mind. If you don't, uh, I'll uh, name a couple. But are there any cards that are cheap, quote unquote, cheap right now? But you're still staying away from because you think it'll still go down. You know, <laughs> you know what's so funny? My uh, my cheap but stay away player is Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> so one of us is going to be right, John or myself. Yeah, <laughs> you know Donovan Mitchell. Hyung put it best, especially in basketball, and it pretty much works for all sports. And this is where I, I mentioned why fantasy is so important. If you play fantasy, it's mm. not so much the stats that you're watching. It's it's more if especially if you're in dynasty leagues where you can trade draft picks and stuff like that. It's seeing human behavior for hype, right? So in basketball, it's very clear that years one to three, there's the hype. And if the player just goes off in one of those years, it can really build up big time. Years three to three to six, three to seven, this is where the hype starts to disappear. And that player really nice needs to start doing stuff like have a chance at MVP, have a chance at championships go deep into the playoffs, et cetera, et cetera. And then years nine to wherever, you need, really need to see like a kind of like a Hall of Fame trajectory for the card values to maintain itself, right? So Do- Donovan Mitchell, I feel like, is that perfect trap. He is <laughs> he is right in that juicy middle part, the, the lull that Hyung says. The He's lull. in the lull, right? Because I don't think any, as strong as Utah is, there is nobody that really believes Utah is going to win anything, right? They have time and time, the last three three to five years, they've been near the top of the Western Conference. They look like they're going to get it done. And they just keep getting bounced out of the first round or whatever, right? So I don't think anybody really believes that Donovan Mitchell, as much of a stud as he is, he may, you know, it's kind of like the Luka situation right now. Like, you don't, you're not really seeing the championship. And at the same time, in terms of his personal career, I don't think you're really seeing MVP candidate either anymore, right? So he just kind of is what he is, right? Now, obviously, a trade or something would really spark the value because then he could possibly actually win a championship on another team. Maybe that'll, you know, whatever, right? But I think Donovan Mitchell, for me, he's one of those trap players because he's in that low period and his card will seem like it's super low. Um, but I don't really see it moving. But, I mean, I will say, and I'll appreciate the strategy that Clark you're taking is because mm-hmm. you can't just, especially if you're trying to invest in something and you're trying to like come out ahead in the investing world in sports cards and, or in anything, you can't just keep going for the liquid and hope to bank money like that. You're going to have to hit some home runs somewhere. You're going to have to do something that nobody else is doing. Like right now, nobody's investing in Donovan Mitchell and you're going to sometimes have to take that chance, believe in something and do it. Right. And those that, you know, saw Vladdy fall off like Hyung and he invested heavy when nobody was investing heavy. Those that saw Otani fall off, multiple surgeries, looked like he might be as much of a unicorn as he is. He might only play 50 games a season for the rest of his life. You know, nobody was on him. And those that took a chance and really did it, they hit home runs. And this is where you, you know, you you gain rewards exponentially, right? You're not just 1.5xing or 1.3xing. You're really making money. So yeah, yeah. I can appreciate your thought process, but I will say I feel like Donovan Mitchell is just one of those trap. Those one of those trap players right now. They look like they're a buy low, but I just I don't know. I don't see it. <laughs> Tatum's like, the same way. I, f- I find Tatum's getting is, Tatum is getting, getting there, there now. Yeah, because he, he's, he's 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 playing lights out. Like, but it it doesn't matter. Like right. I, I, like it's that lull that we talk about. It's just like. There's so many, especially in the NBA, I find it more apparent in the NBA, to believe it or not, than the MLB, but maybe because there's less players and you see it with more players. But mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I think they're great plays. Uh, 
you know, like the Donovan Mitchells, the Tatums, even the Bookers, like some of the stuff sure. is really expensive, but some of the stuff is really cheap. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah. Okay. But no, good points, John. Yeah, I agree. I agree for sure. Um, one player I had in mind for, for me personally is, and I hate to admit this because I have his card, is Trey Young. I talk about Trey Young a lot in the show. <laughs> um, I had a PSA 9 Silver, which I sold for at a loss. And then I upgraded to PSA 10 because obviously everything's gone down. Um, but it's still kind of going down a little bit even further. So at some point, you got to say, okay, um, maybe the market is kind of deciding right now that Trey Young is not the guy to invest in. So, you know, my advice would be wait till it bounces up if it does and then catch it, catch it on its way up instead of trying to time the bottom because it's for a guy like Trace, it's impossible. It's crazy. Yeah, he's he's a buy for me. He's a constant buy. And here's a little tip. If you Trey investors, me included, I, I, I love Trey. I think he has huge upside. The best way to keep prices steady is stop selling. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hold. Hold your cards. Hold your high end. It will it will it will keep its price because of the supply right and the demand yeah, right. so it's like just hold stop selling <laughs> uh, for many collectors so much easier said than done young oh man so. i know i know it's paper handed runs this world i know i <laughs> me included don't worry <laughs> and uh one other thing um on this uh on this note psa 9 cards in general they're so cheap for a lot of these lower to middle end psa 9 has dropped significantly a lot faster than the psa 10s um so for those like it's don't get tempted by the like like i mentioned save up a little bit more and go for the psa 10 because those cards are gonna have a higher potential to bounce back and bounce back further than the right. psa 9s for the for the higher end stuff psa 9s still totally a play because you know right. for the higher ends of psa 10s are unreachable by the mass uh, amount of collectors right, right. so psa 9 is a good um Good play there. But yeah, for the lower to middle end, like don't get tempted by the PSA 9, Luka, Doncic, Silver prisms or <laughs> base prisms, I mean, um, especially because <laughs> you're going you're gonna to be holding the bag, I, I think. Yeah, good point. All right. All great points, guys. Um, yeah, I think um, we'll just go on to our final segment of this episode. Pick one. And this week, our pick one is our hot takes edition where each of us comes out with two hobby hot takes and then we debate on which one we think is likelier to happen. All right, so let's uh, start with you, Hyung, as usual. All right, very, very basic. Ja Morant is underpriced versus Luca is overpriced. Mm. When I ja saw Morant, this... <laughs> underpriced versus Luca is overpriced. When I saw this, this is one of the, you. You did it again. One of those things I kind of like put a screwing with my brain. brain. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm, I'm like, known oh, yeah. to do that, Clark. <laughs> I'm known to do that. Don't want to like, pick any of these. I'm like, I know. I don't think Jamaran <laughs> is underpriced, but Luca Dungeons is. I don't believe it's overpriced either. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, which one do I believe more? Uh, <laughs> John, do you do you have a sense of <laughs> which um, way you're going to go? Man, this is I don't want to pick either. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry boys, didn't didn't think this was going to ruin your day. <laughs> no, no, no. You know what? I I still firmly believe Luca is absolutely a generational player. So whatever overpriced or overhyped prices that anybody may think of him in terms of his NT and some of the crazier cards, um I'm still going to say that he is not overpriced. So for that reason, I'm going to go the other side and say Ja Morant is underpriced. As much as his cards have been pretty hyped, um, Luca is what he is. He's generational. Ja is, I I believe, like a notch below, but he's he's up there, man. He can become top ten in the NBA. He can he can go all the way up. And Ja has a mixture of everything. Like he, when you watch him in college, in the NBA now. He's explosive. He's exciting. He dunks. He he breaks people down with his moves. He's got IQ. He's not just a dummy. You know, like he's got it all. So I think Jaw still has more to come, a lot more to come in his career to get to maybe a top five sort of angle. So I'm going to say Jaw is underpriced. 
as crazy as that might sound. Fair, no, fair enough. For, yeah, it makes versus sense. The, versus the two. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. What about you, Clark? Um, I'm still confused a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying John Moran is underpriced because you think that Luca, Luca is... Luca is priced right. Okay. He's not He's not overpriced. Right, right. Yeah. He's just basically <laughs> going... He's going opposite to what we think believe on this show. Like, Luca is a buy low... Jaw is really expensive doing, right yeah, now. Exactly. So he just flipped it around. Yeah, that's what's messing with my head. Um, <laughs> I think I'm going to go with... I just think Jamarant is very, very overpriced um, right now for what he's done. So if I'm looking at the you know, immediate timeline. So I guess I'm choosing the other one <laughs> that, that I think Luca is overpriced. overpriced? Um, is that, <laughs> I, I, you stop me, man. You stop me. But there's no reasoning why Luca's overpriced. It's just is because Ja is is uh, overpriced. That's yeah. fine. That's that's a valid. He just reason. firmly believes Ja is so overpriced that he will just pick the other side. Yeah, yeah that's that's it's yeah, much that's more likely, right. Yeah. right? Like I don't yeah. think Luca is overpriced in general, but right. the so, but Ja's very very overpriced, overpriced. So like I don't believe that he's underpriced. As, right. you know, does that make sense? Yeah, that makes yes. sense. That <laughs> makes that makes sense. sense. Um, for me, I think Luca is overpriced. I always thought he was overpriced, um, but we did see a correction. So, right. um, and big time correction. Like, like we're time. talking, like Luca prices. If you were in the game in 2019, my goodness, like Luca. Right. Luca was the bridge to Zion that exploded basketball, right? So for me, I still think Ja has room to grow, to believe it or not. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to say uh, Luca is overpriced right now. I, I do believe Ja Morant is overpriced too. So don't, don't get me wrong, but I just think um, it's somewhere in between Luca and Ja. I, I agree right now, Luca is, like John said, is that tier one player, the GOAT, generational talent. John Morant still, he, I mean, he showed a lot this season. To me, I'm sold on Ja's talent like like I was initially sold on him in 2019. Um, and even back then, I thought he was expensive, but he just obviously, you know, is going up uh, a lot. So he is he is a lot more expensive right now. And uh, but I, I think Luca in general has been overpriced, and that's why you're seeing a correction. You're literally seeing it like a two-year correction. You're probably going to see that in Ja in a couple years, to be honest. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So, but sorry, sorry, boys, for throwing another wrinkle in your brain. <laughs> no, I, I try, uh, yeah, <laughs> changing it up a little bit once in a while. Yeah, I, I think um, no, but to your to your argument, um, thinking about it a little bit deeper, like ultimately, I think Luca has the higher ceiling because of uh, the longevity in career like jazz explodes i love jazz too like i love it you know i love how he plays the game i love what he means to the nba and he's like that kind of guy you can market around 100 percent. Right. but in terms of longevity in terms of like when we talk about goat players i think luca's more likelier to achieve goat status than ja Morant. Mm-hmm. Let, let, let me ask you a question about ja Morant. do you guys think ja Morant is going to start shooting more um, as his career progresses. So th- look at like a Vince Carter career because uh, we grew up watching Vince Carter and his first two, three years, man, that's all he would do is dunk. And that's what it got the fans right. hooked, right? And then afterwards, I think it, something clicked for Vince Carter. He realized he can't do this for 15, 20 years. <laughs> right. He started developing an outside game. Like I remember from when he entered the league to – the late nineties, maybe three, four years in, he was actually a threat on the perimeter. Right. So this is kind of random. Do you guys see jaw changing his game? Um, sure. at yeah. all, because sure. hundred percent, like, I think he's going to become a shooter. hundred percent of the day. And he's got, he's got the IQ to adjust and make those changes when his body, um, doesn't do the things that he normally does. So I, I see it totally. Yeah. He's got mm. the craft in his game. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, Just let's wanted to throw that out there. Let's <laughs> yeah. let's re let's revisit this in five, six years. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good one. I like it. 
John, you want to go next? Yeah. All right, boys, we're going to go. Luca and the Mavs will surprise everyone and win the championship this year. Or Darius Garland and the Cavs in the Eastern Conference will surprise everyone and win the championship this year. Stop it. (laughs) (laughs) Hot takes edition, man. Hot takes edition. No, for me. Stop it too. Yeah, I'm I'm just going to, I'll be quick. I'm saying, I'm saying, um, Sorry, where where were we at? Uh, Garland and the Cavs or Luca and the Mavs? Yeah, Luca Luca and the Mavs for me, 100%. I think this is the year. I said it earlier in the show. Everybody's laughing. Luca is not a playoff team. He he has nobody. But guess what? He went through some adversity, and they are winning. And he is putting up points, and I think he's he's fed up. Darius Garland is a nice player, first-time All-Star. I think he's going to have a great career. I just don't think he's mature enough to carry... Uh, Cleveland all the way I think Luca's season he's prime he's ready he has a lot of haters and doubters still so I'm gonna say Luca for sure 100 percent yeah come on John stop it like come stop on stop it like, John Garland and Darius the Cavs, Garland really I like Garland though but <laughs> Garland's a nice player for sure underrated I think you know but um and I love the Cavs story like you know they're a pleasant surprise to see how they how well they played this year but I think there's a limit, you know. I love Mobley too. I love, you know, how they, how those young guys always kind of gel together. But yeah. when it comes to the playoffs, I think, I think we're gonna see like the teams rise to the crowd. And you know, with um, uh, Porzingis gone, like the Mavs have just gotten better, right? It's that's, just what they, that that's what they needed. Exactly, they needed to get rid of Porzingis. So, so I think, um, yeah, I'm, I'm it's the same going with Luca and the Mavs. Wow, man, I thought, I thought. Um... The reason why I picked Luca is there's so many people that just don't believe it yet. They believe in Luca, but they don't believe in the team. Like they are right. a, you know, super, you know, I was actually gonna pick the the Raptors instead of the Cavs to see what you guys thought. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> but it wouldn't have worked out because you guys clearly believe in Luca and the Mavs, so it's 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 a little different. You know what? I'm gonna pick uh, to no surprise. You know, I, I, as much as I want Luca to win it, I just don't. I don't think they have the team yet. Like I don't think they're there yet. So of the two crazy hot takes, I'm going to go with the Cavs. Wow. And I think they're just not there yet because they're too young. But the team is built really well, man. Garland is like blossoming into a stud, into an all-star player. Um, You've got like some pretty cagey veterans like Kevin Love and Laurie Markkinen. And then Evan Mobley, they got Jared Allen. They just got Karis LeVert. Like they're actually surprisingly deep and they're making some noise right now. I don't think anybody thought they were a playoff team this year, but here they are, right? Hmm. So I don't, I personally don't think, and I I'm, I hope I'm completely wrong on this. I don't think Luka and the Mavs can win it. So of the two like, unlikely scenarios, you know, I, I think the Cavs could surprise. Who knows? With, you know, with Kyrie being able to play home games now, that's, I think that's big trouble for the entire <laughs> Eastern Conference. But um, yeah. I'm going to go with the Cavs. Okay. I see your perspective. I see your perspective. It's mm-hmm. valid, 100%. Yeah. Because they do, They have the right, I think they have the right team. They're just really yeah, young. Yeah, exactly. Whereas Luca, I think I was just looking at it as as uh, Darius Garland's going to lead the charge, like over oh, like, like Luca. More, the more question so that, that, yeah, yeah. More yeah, so yeah. that in, in that. <laughs> Luke, uh, obviously, Luca has a lot to do. Like, he's going to have to carry that, put he's the team on his back. Literally and carry. Basically saying, I am, I am the goal. But if he does that, that's what we want. We want to <laughs> yeah, see exactly. that. Prices. That's where the car prices go ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, that's right? right. I like it. Both hot takes for sure. So that's that's what this segment's all about. All right, I'll close off the show with my 1v1, my pick one. Uh, the first one is Zion Williamson. I don't know if you saw the clip of him dunking. You know, he's, I thought he had a broken whatever or whatever, and he's doing Right fractured foot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's doing under-the-leg dunks. <laughs> Looks like he's getting back in shape. But anyway, my... Uh, uh, on one side, I got Zion Williams rookie cards. By the end of next season, it's going to be worth more than Ja Morant's rookie cards, who we just talked about in depth. Versus Zion Williamson rookie cards are going to be pretty much worth nothing by the end of next season. Wow! So the referendum question really here is if you believe in Zion or not. <laughs> That's what I was. I, I think when I was reading this, I think in conclusion, do you believe <laughs> yeah. in Zion? Um, yeah, it's interesting because, you know, anybody who's been part of that 2019 prism 
they know Zion was the number one chase, and mm-hmm. John Morant was a big chase too, but he was number two. And it's kind of refreshing, honestly, to see John Morant pri- prices surpass Zion because um, I think a lot of people had that in their mind anyways, and Zion's longevity was kind of like the issue, right? So for me, I don't see Zion prices... Oh, this is tough because because they were there. But for me, I'm going to say Zion Williamson rookie cards will be close to nothing after next season. Whoa. More so than <laughs> whoa, they will be more, worth more than Ja Morant really? rookie cards next okay, season. Okay, yeah, I know. Okay. I know. It, I'm I'm throwing the the whole Odin comparison, but right. like for me, he's played 33 percent of his active games, Career. and and to me, I've seen where prices have been with zion and they were crazy 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 they're like luca crazy um and for him to get back to that he's gonna have to put up a whole career and john morant is already on that trajectory to me and it's it's too late it's gonna you're you're already seeing prices tank on zion because i i believe he was shut down again it was like is he gonna come up and then it's like ah that was the only hope everybody's selling now right so i think his prices are going to take an absolute crap this this summer which could be a great buying period if you believe in zion right so uh yeah i'm gonna go zion williamson's rookie cards will be worth close to nothing after next season over they will be worth more than john morant even though they're both absolutely hot takes (laughs) wow gotcha crazy (laughs) because I'm the one <laughs> that hates on Zion. <laughs> you made that <laughs> like I, Twilight I, Zone. I, from the beginning, I told myself, no, I'm not touching Zion cards, and even more so now for obvious reasons. But I'm going to pick the other way. I don't. I think there are just too many people that love Zion, and unless we see some ridiculous... And it, you know what Hyung is saying, it could be def- definitely possible. So another freak injury... And he only plays 15% of next season. Man, watch out. His cards can go. To, it, it could happen. And and that could be just as likely as him coming and making noise, right? Hmm. But I think he's still in that, you know, he. I think he's still, we talked about the theory of like the one to three and the three to six and the lull periods and all that stuff. Zion is still in that hype stage. You know, as For much sure. as his sure, cards yeah. have really corrected like crazy. He's in the tail end of that hype stage and he could do anything. He can come back 20 games, average 31 points, getting like crazy windmill dunks a game and boom, his card is going past Jamorant's for no reason, you know, just because of the hype, right? So I think he's still in that hype stage. He's hanging on to it barely, but it's there and he just needs to come back and play and if he loses 30 pounds or whatever, I mean, he's already (laughs) doing under the... The dude is doing like... Between the legs, he's probably like 280 pounds and he's doing that. It's ridiculous. <laughs> he probably fractured his other foot when he landed. Like, <laughs> he that was crazy. Final. I'm like, that's that's some serious weight just like coming down on forcing. his final. Yeah, it's like seriously. Go go in the cold no, tub or something. Like stop. Yeah, get healthy. <laughs> don't don't yeah. scare me. Like uh, I'm thinking about it. That clip kind of uh, ended abruptly, so I don't know what happened right, after that. Where he was like he was stumbling. Down. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, God oh. bless that kid. All right. I feel like um, it's so unlikely for his cards to be worth close to nothing. So, yeah, we're gonna. I'm gonna go yeah. the other way. Yeah. Go it's ahead, interesting. Guys. You guys went uh, to uh, different You're extremes. The tiebreaker. I am the tiebreaker. So, um, mm. yeah, I, I I also think these are extreme hot takes, but um, I'm going with the likelihood is that Zion um, Williamson's rookie cards will be worth more than Jamarat. So yeah, I don't believe it's going to go close to zero. And uh, I think um, I, I did mention the stipulation is by the end of next season. So this is more short term. Um, I'm I'm uh, believing in um, he won't play probably for the rest of this year, but he'll rehab and be in uh, uh, condition to at least start next season. And I think um, if he does even 80, 85% of what he did before he got injured, you know, with the... Uh, you know, playing point a lot and then, you know, mixing that in with some of his dunks. Like, I think people will start to get excited again. And the other factor is guys like me who have a Zion card. We're all going to be rooting hard for his <laughs> value to pump back up. And, you know, if I'm honest, I'll probably sell at that time just to get 
just to get out because I'm a little nervous <laughs> for uh, his longevity, his career longevity. But um, but yeah, I think by next season, um, if he if he starts to dunk again, and you know what we saw in that Instagram or TikTok video of his, if that's a you know precursor to what we're gonna see next year, yeah, I think people will get really excited, and then we'll start to see those prices pump. You know, so, so yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to start with John. That's the tiebreaker. And um, um, let's not forget your whole uh, Donovan Mitchell to the New York Knicks. Like it looks like, you know, will Zion even, he's may not even be on the Pelicans. Next oh year, yeah. Right? yeah. 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 Like the Pelicans didn't even have him on their whatever season ticket marketing <laughs> right. campaign. Which that's is, not a good sign. So <laughs> seems like it's writing on the wall. So that's, let's go. Don't, don't, don't forget about that. Let's go Zion to the Knicks too. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, nice. Okay, thanks guys for listening to uh, Cards to the Moon. And uh, we really do appreciate you guys um, leaving feedback, giving us questions, and and, uh, giving us five stars on wherever you listen to your podcast. So yeah, until next week, we'll see you soon. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to Cards to the Moon. We'd really appreciate you subscribing to our podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. And you can also connect with each of us on Instagram at Five Card Guys, or you can follow Hyung at Integrity Sports Cards, or John at Trade You at Recess. You can also check us out at FiveCardGuys.com. Thanks again, and hope to connect soon.